What is up, internets? Welcome to the Randy King Live podcast, episode 16. What is up, everyone? Thank you so much for joining us. Whether this is your 15th or 16th episode or your first, we greatly appreciate you listening and watching the show. This week, we have on the show Wim Demir. We will get to Wim in a second. Uh, I want everybody here to understand the point of this show. So this might be your first time joining the show because maybe you're a fan of Wim's and you haven't heard of me, which is probably very common. We want you to understand that what we're doing here is the debate-based format. Now, when I say debate, some of you might hear argument, and I want you to understand the difference between debate and argument. The debate portion of the show is very simple. We have chosen a topic that we discussed beforehand. One of us is going to take the pro side of that topic. One of us on side of that topic and then we are going to argue just our point not our beliefs our biases our opinions we are just going to try and prove our point for that topic so i am pigeonholing myself and my guest into trying to debate and keep the topic that they have clear to make sure they don't fall into that i've sent ahead 15 logic fallacies to whim um the logic fallacies are listed listed on a link that will be in the show notes but also if you want to hear them all episode one of the show has every single one of the uh, argument fallacies on it you can listen to the show to understand them and, and they're important if somebody on the show does use a logic fallacy during the debate portion of the show the other person across the board can call them on it so point out the fallacy when that happens we're going to take a page out of rory miller's con con book we're going to take a deep breath we're then going to apologize for using the fallacy. We're then going to compliment the person across the screen and then give up our turn on that part of the debate. So we're going to listen for logic fallacies, but also because we're going to be deep in this debate, you, the listener, I also want you looking for logic fallacies. If you hear us use one of the 15 logic fallacies and you can, uh, we don't catch it, please send me a message with the fallacy we used and the time of the episode it happened. I will A, pay for my crime and push-up. So I will do as many push-ups as it is in the uh, in the event. So if it's 20, if it's at minute 19, I'll do 19 push-ups on video. While I'm doing those push-ups, I will promote anything you want me to promote, your company, your business, your whatever. So as I'm pushing up, you will get shout-outs for your company that I will share on all my social media. So listeners, please pay attention to the show. Last but not least, if you get a chance on the on this, wherever you're consuming this, in the comments, if you could give us your biggest takeaway from the show, that would be greatly appreciated because I want to know if you're picking up what we're putting down. So now to understand the format, we're debating, we're not arguing. If you do want to hear our actual opinions on this, you got to pay for that, suckers. That's $5 on my Patreon paywall. Uh, feel free to go to Randy King Live Patreon. So patreon.com slash Randy King Live. A uh, $5 level gives you all the final thoughts for every episode. The other rule of the show, other than the logic fallacies, is we start as friends and we leave as friends. So we don't want to get this heated. We don't want to become uh, we don't want to become enemies after this thing because this is what's happening in the industry. Too many people are either A, agreeing with each other and there's no growth, or B, if they don't agree, they just don't talk. So we're trying to build this discourse. My goal with this show is for you to teach you to ask better questions. I don't want you to take my opinion or Wim's opinion just verbatim and then walk like a robot trying to do that. We want you, I want you to form your own opinion. So that's the point of the show. Hopefully you enjoy it. Wim, why don't you tell the guests a little bit about yourself? Okay, so first of all, I live in Belgium. So the, the thing that I wanted to say when you start the show with what's up, everybody, I just want to say chocolate and beer. That's, that's pretty <laughs> that much what's answer? up here every single day. Um, 
yeah, after I've been uh, involved uh, practicing and teaching martial arts for uh, almost 35 years now. Um, lots. Of, my my job is basically as a personal trainer, personal coach, teaching people martial arts, self defense, conditioning, and so on. That branched out into writing books with Lauren Christensen at first, and and also solo, obviously for a while. Uh, instructional videos, bunch of those with Paladin Press back in the day, um, and now just doing doing that just cons consistently doing it more and more ever since I started my Patreon page about three years ago. Uh, got a bunch of stuff there every month, like finals analysis videos, instructional videos, bunch of stuff. And that's taking up quite a bit of time now. So, um, and that's it. Uh, I blog, bimsblog.com. Uh, got a bunch of uh, articles there that people seem to like. And obviously I've got my podcast to run as well. So. Kind of like you, Randy. Busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're busy content creators. That's the this is the world of the martial arts instructor, self defense instructor. Now, right? It's no longer like just sweaty church basement. That's all right. What's your podcast? What's what's your online course? What's your video? What's going on right now? Oh, yeah. internet. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, uh, going forward, then the the this is my dream debate. This is the debate I've wanted to have with multiple people, and then of course after Wim agreed to it, two other people agreed to it. But Wim said it first, so we're doing this argument. So debate. The debate today is going to be, do you need experience with violence in order to teach people about violence? So, Wim, what side of the argument are you taking? I am picking the side that, yes, you need it. Right. So, which gives me then, as if you don't know about the show, I always take devil advocate side. It's my favorite part of the show. My daughter was like, are you excited? Do you have the harder one? I'm like, I think I have the harder one. So, I'm pretty excited. Uh, so, I'll be taking con. Again, we're going to be arguing our point not what our actual opinions are. If you want to hear our opinion, jump on the Patreon after the show. So uh, how the debate works, everybody, is we got 20 minutes. So I'm going to put 20 minutes on the clock. Wim, you get four minutes to give an opening statement. Uh, are you ready? Yep. Awesome. And we are uh, good to go now. So as my opening statement, what I would like to say is the following. There are many different ways to teach and there are many different topics that you can teach. Now, when it comes to topics that the students that you have, what you teach them, their lives potentially depend on it, there needs to be a certain standard you, in my opinion, morally and ethically have to hold yourself to. And that would be that you need to have as much information as possible available to teach to your students. Now, then it come, becomes, in my opinion, a qualitative uh, difference. Now, I believe that when you teach, and again, uh, I shouldn't say I believe because everybody's going to say that yeah, that's yeah, something yeah. I believe. So, <laughs> my uh, on this um, on my this side debate, of the debate, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for this debate, I will say that if you do not have experience with violence teaching uh, when you teach it, you are in no position to do so as effectively as you could because you are lacking critical nuances or critical information. And it comes down to the whole, um, the, you know, the old saw of the, the difference between theory and practice is that in theory, there is no difference. And I think that that's what my point boils down to is that you cannot even know how to interpret what you don't know due to that lack of experience. So I believe experience uh, as my position in debate here is, is critical and uh, you cannot do without it. 
All right. So Done. as 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 Wim made a very good point of, this is not our opinion or ethical view. Uh, we both have very nuanced views. I'm going to pause for a second. We both have very nuanced views on this, and that's what the Patreon is for. So going back into it, my counter argument or my opening statement uh, is I'm going to debate that uh, you don't need experience to do this. And I'm going to predicate most of my debate on the fact that there is a history of people who have been good at something who have not been able to transmit that something. So uh, I'm going to use some Canadians who have to talk about the almighty Wayne Gretzky. A great example of this is Wayne Gretzky was a phenomenal player, arguably. Uh, one of the, probably the best, one of the only cross-pollination sports stars of hockey. He was a brutal coach. He ran his team into bankruptcy. So there is the transmission of information is important. Do you need to have experience to transmit information properly? I would say no. I would say that if you have, there is enough research, there is enough things out there, there are enough tools in the world that if you do really dedicate yourself to something, you the I still think people can counsel you and coach you and teach you on this. I don't need my my physician to have had cancer in order to take their advice on how to cure that cancer. When point of order, yes, I would. Um, I think this might be um, a false equivalency. Oh sure. Okay. When you talk when you talk about the doctor not having um, he, he doesn't need to have had cancer to treat you, right. that is not what he does. What sure. he does is surgery. Yeah, so sure. he needs to he needs to have experience with operating on people. Okay. He doesn't so, need. That's not what they. But he but he learns. He doesn't yeah. learn what is it like to be to have cancer. He learns right. how do I remove that cancer. Okay, awesome. So, okay, then I can, I'll digress that example because I don't want to argue this, this to be the whole debate. So I'll, I'll also see that. So, Wim, I apologize for using the false equivalency. I really enjoy your laugh, actually. It's pretty funny right now. So that's my compliment to you. Wim, take on the conversation. I will jump back in. All right. So I, I understand your point. However, I disagree with it in that, um, given my side of the debate, I have to respond with that. Yes, there is a lot of information available. That is that is certainly true. So I can see that part of your argument. However, I would argue that it it circles back to my original statement that you do not have even the correct filters to interpret that information sure. if you lack experience. So you might um, let's let's give an extreme example. Yes, you're going to get cut in an eye fight. Okay, right. So this this is um, this is something you hear a lot. I don't think yeah. this is a fallacy. I think right. this is something that is it's it's almost a meme nowadays. Right? Yeah. You yeah. gotta get a knife. I get ready to bleed. <laughs> yeah. and my point is that well, um, yes and no. Mm -hmm. um, there are plenty of people who in, who will enter into a, uh, some sort of self defense situation where. They have to uh, face a guy with a knife, and I, I know them. I know some personally, um, and they they came out of it uncut, so they were fine, yeah. no cuts, fine. And other people got stabbed uh, or cut, and so on, and anything in between. Mm -hmm. So, I think that if you do not have personal experience, mm -hmm. you cannot you cannot completely understand that there is a lot more nuance to what somebody who might read read in an instructor manual like well you know expect to get cut right and it's like well yes yes no maybe yeah would, would probably be a better answer mm -hmm. so lacking that experience you don't have the filter to interpret that tidbit of information um because you don't have experience with violence oh sure you. thank you so i I agree with that, but experience is such a subjective word. And what I experience and what happens in my body chemically, physiologically, psychologically 
it can't really be, I don't think it can be presented as a albeit model. So the, the goal, I think that the key part of the debate here is, can they teach? Like that's, that's what I, I need to focus on, otherwise I'm in trouble. So I'm gonna focus on can they teach? <laughs> and so just because I had a certain adrenaline experience um, when I teach, that's one of the focus I teach is adrenaline because of my, my being stabbed or whatever, uh, is I always mention, I can only tell people what I experience. I can't tell them what they're going to experience. So does them hearing my story make it quantifi quantifiably better if the mechanics that I teach so anybody else could teach? I think no. I think that yes, experience helps you maybe paint the story, but it's still so subjective to you as a person in the state you're in at that time. I can't coach, I can't teach a female using my experience unless they are my size, etc. Win. Okay, understood. Um, I don't know if this is going to end up as a fallacy. Sure, um, I'm, I'm going to watch I, the board. What, okay, what I will do is extrapolate <laughs> from what you just said. Yes. So, um, the, what's, the, what's the name of the fallacy again? Um, when when you you know push things as far so far it becomes absurd. Oh, uh, like slippery slope. It keeps no. going like so. If this happens, then this happens. Um, no, it's, it's that I'm expanding reductio ad absurdum. Okay, yes, reducing it to the absurd. So let's right. say that if I take your argument that I can only say what what I have to say, uh, yeah. you know, um, then well then my position would be then. In this debate, I have to say that, well, you can't really know anything truly then. Sure. So then you shouldn't really teach it if only what you have to offer is generalities or something so specific that it becomes, um, it, it ends up being almost useless information because it's so specific to you. Mm -hmm. So if your point is that, well, you know, um, you know, this is only, this is only me. This, yeah. is only, this is only my take on my personal experience on it. Right. So then, well, maybe, um, how should I put it? Um, maybe there's the, the only way that you can interpret this through your own filter. Mm -hmm. um, we'd, we'd have to end up having everybody getting stabbed uh, uh, before I they agree. get to experience something. Yeah. So I don't think that would be possible. Mm -hmm. I agree. So the thing that I uh, would point out is that no matter how personal your experience is, no matter how, uh, like you said, you know, your adrenaline rush is different than from anybody else's, which is, which is fine. It is still a qualitative difference between somebody who only goes through, through training, through mm -hmm. adrenal stress training, uh, shock knife training, and so on. And I believe, and this is one of my, this is my one of my statements that I believe also outside of the debate is that sure. differences are just as important as the similarities, which I've, I've called Randy's law. Yeah, not, not, <laughs> not this you, but somebody else, yeah. the yeah. different Randy. So um, hold on, I'm, I'm I'm getting sidetracked from my point. Um, That's okay. I was about to say that. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. So I, actually, I think it's okay if I defend you, mind. Yeah. Sure. I actually think that that kind of what you said there lends more to my side than your side because. Well, I agree that, that we don't want everybody getting stabbed, but also if, you, if you're if you saying that my experience means that they can learn about it better, if I don't have that experience, but I read case studies of everybody else's experience, I can still then give them that same view of things, right? So now it's even better. I'm not using my experience. I'm using all of this experience. So that kind of lends more to you don't really need it to teach it. Uh, yeah. Then I, then I didn't explain it well what I meant. Um, what I would say is in response to that is that you, um, you, you can only interpret it in, in, a, in a theoretical way as long as it remains theory. Mm -hmm. And 
the, the nuances of reality are different, which you can you can write about it. Mm-hmm. But it's like when when you get into your first fight, you, you worked as a bouncer. I did. So um, everybody says, well, this is what it's like. You get an adrenal dump and this and that. You can talk about the adrenal dump. Yeah. And you can try to recreate it. But until yeah. you actually have that guy who and you see that fist coming at your face or you don't see it and, you see, yeah. and you're too late. Yeah. It's only afterwards that you can actually understand like, well, yes, it was what he said. Right. But there was something else. Sure. It was actually like this, and it was also like that. And um, I believe that is a, a qualitative difference that you can't just you, you can't just uh, write all that down and say like, look, here's this this whole um, right. how should I put it? This whole buffet of different options that this might happen, this might happen, this might happen. Well, yeah, sure, okay, you you can talk about a, a purely theoretical approach like that. But on the other hand, I don't believe that that actually uh, describes the the reality well. I think right. that ends up being like, well, you know, we throw our head up in the air. So like, yeah. look, this is all the things that are possible. Sure. Um, I don't think that that would work. I agree. And so I, I'm going to agree, but I think it, it feel, I, I think this is also good for my side too. So I love this. Uh, I, I agree that the, my, as a coach, if I have experience in violence, my story will give that person a touchstone to violence, but so when they experience, they can they can reference my story that I've had as a touchstone to their experience and quantify their own experience. Yeah. Does my story have to be my story? Can I not just use anybody's story to get the same effect for the client on the client's end? Because all they're using the story as is a touchstone. So do I have to experience the story if my instructor did? And I can well, use that as a touchstone, yes? Yeah, I think I see what you mean. Um, yes. My point is that, uh, and going back to the previous, my point is that the way that you tell that story, if ah, you've okay. never experienced violence, mm-hmm. is going to be different than uh, if I tell my story when the time when, of the times that I experienced violence, um, the nuances will be different. Sure. And if I get a question yeah. on that story, somebody asks, well, well how that feel? Or right. what happened then? Or, and this and that. My answer will be different from yours, even if you were present. Even if you yeah. were uh, you were also actively engaged in the, in in, uh, in that thing as a bystander or whatever, mm-hmm. um, my response will be different. Or if you just watch it on a video, you see the CCTV footage and you watch it, not having experienced it will give yeah. you a radically different filter from uh, actually having experienced it. So when you have to teach it, and I'm I'm going back to that example of questions. Yeah. Um, the more you experience something, the better you can you can talk about that. And I'm going to give a different example from a different realm. Let's talk about MMA fights, which I know you also like. Um, yeah. So I'm also an MMA coach. So yeah. when when I prepare my my students to compete, what yeah. I do is uh, we do all the training and so on. And as we get close to the to the competition, we will simulate uh, competition circumstances invite a bunch of friends to the, to, to the gym and they have to, you know, we, we do a warm up, we do some training and then uh, the crowd needs to get rowdy and then I'm, there's going to be an announcer and oh, eventually, cool. you know, we start and, and I'm the referee and everyone needs to yell and shout. So we create uh, the, as much as possible the circumstances of the fight, right? Yep. Okay. And I've had that experience with students, then uh, they, they end up doing the fight and then afterwards I said, you know, so what was it like? Yeah. And it's like, it's totally different. <laughs> But yeah, of course. 
It's, it's totally different. And that's my point is that um, they can talk about their experience of me trying to recreate that everything in the gym as far as circumstances con is concerned. But right. the fight is radically different once you once you do it. And they will explain and teach mm -hmm. that very different, having uh, so gone through that. I, I agree. I agree with what you're saying 100%. I think that's really cool to do that. I think more more gyms should do that. But on that note, we can't be friends right now. We're debating, so I don't want to congratulate you on Patreon. <laughs> I hate uh, you, Randy. So, <laughs> me too, girl, Wim. You're the worst. <laughs> so uh, with that, though, I think that all of that arguably, like any time we're teaching this stuff is always going to be the fake MMA scene over the real MMA scene, right? And they're not going to know that until they get into the, into the area. So again, I understand that the questions that I, I – I, I give you that. The questions that, like, when somebody asks me a question, I can give a much deeper answer because of going through this. Yep. But s being successful at violence means you lived. Success doesn't always mean repeatability. And success also doesn't mean, uh, so, like, what level of experience does a person need? Like, what, a person who's only been in one fight, that's not great. A person who's been in 100 fights, the lessons they think might not be important for the person in one fight. So again, the word experience is so fluid. It's not quantifiable how much they should have. Right? And this is one of the big questions. And I'm going to go back to the first example I said in my opening debate is there's plenty of people that were great at violence that could not replicate that. There's people, plenty of athletes that could not become good coaches. And I think that experience is good, but ability to transmit information is better. And those can be mutually exclusive. So if you have good data to work from and you can transfer information better, there is no need to about actually experience that. Some of the best football coaches have played only high school football. Yeah. Um, I understand. And I agree with that point, obviously that, that, that is true. Not the best athlete is not necessarily the best coach and, and, mm -hmm. uh, and so on. Um, I had a good point to to counter you with that, and and I lost it. Damn. Good. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, crap. Could you could you repeat repeat short in in, in real, real quick what you said? You started with with one thing. Anything shortly with talking, but I'll try. So, uh, the, pretty much all I was saying was that the uh, experience doesn't necessarily dictate ability to transmit, and also limited experience yes. and repeatability. Yes. Okay, thank you. Um, so my point here to yes. counter that is that it is true that you know experience is not universal and blah 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 blah. And how much how much experience is enough? Yes, my answer is more than zero. Sure, really. So you so think anything is better than nothing? Ah, luck. You can't teach luck. What if I've only been in one fight? So zero. I've been in one fight, so that's now less than zero. And I luckily punch somebody and they happen to have a, like a glass jaw and now i'm like oh i'm gonna teach the one punch knockout because i have a hundred percent success rate in all of my violent encounters with this i'm, punch. I'm gonna call it reduction absurdum uh, uh which one? Oh, uh, am i ad, am i doing that yeah i think so okay you know what i will i'm not sure but i'll apologize let me rephrase <laughs> <one second. sighs> sorry wim that was very good uh i've been watching a lot of your videos training with your son and it looks like your rehab is getting better and i'm frightened of you again so go ahead. That's my compliment. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, um, so what I would say is that at the, in your example, taking that, this is uh, if you say like, well, you know, you can't teach uh, uh, one punch knockout, then even if you manage to do that just once, I agree. However, you now know what it feels like to punch somebody uh, in self-defense right. for real, sure. not in training, not against a heavy bag for real. So you have a qualitative difference to your experience than somebody who's never done that, who might actually throw a technically better punch than what you routinely do in training, mm -hmm. but he's never done it for real. Sure. So um, 
I will. Uh, is, am I allowed to use um, uh, a comparison, or is that yes. also? No, you're okay. allowed. I think comparisons are fine. So I'm going to uh, give credit where credit is due. It's not yeah. an appeal to authority, but I have to give him credit. That's Peyton Quinn wrote yeah. about this once, and he said, like, look, um, and he was talking about scenario training. Um, he said that uh, you can you can learn swimming from a guy who never was in the water, and he's he's, he's next to the pool, had you lying on your stomach doing all the different strokes and so on. Mm-hmm. And then he tosses you in the water, <laughs> see what happens. Right. Or you, you know, you can wade into the pool, get used to the water, and so on, and slowly learn to swim, and bit by bit learn that, uh, and then they throw you in the water, see what happens. Right. Um, now, when you have a guy who's an experienced swimmer, because he's mm-hmm. done it a truckload of times, he's going to teach you differently. Mm-hmm. Now, what he, what he, what Peyton also said is that um, this kind of scenario training is only opening the door towards real violence and putting your foot inside. Yep. You're not in there, but you're really close. Yeah. Right? Okay, so how, as a teacher, can you actually know where that door is mm-hmm. if you've never even experienced it yourself? Interesting. You might be, knock- you might be opening the wrong door. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of people are t- I take, and so this, uh, let me let me phrase this carefully, you're beating the crap out of me with these fallacies here. Uh, okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> Everybody's door starts a different place. I think that just because my door is one and is not the other, and so I'm going to go back. I don't want to use circular logic here to feel like I might be a little bit, so I have to jump from this. But I think that I agree that it's how do they know where the door is, but there could be false. There could be false doors, right? And there could be things that that even though you were in the experience for the violent situation, like there's so many mitigating factors outside of it that make it too confusing. We only have a minute left. Wim, I want you to do a final uh, final thought on this or a final conversation like, what is your closing statement uh, my closing statement is pretty much coming for full circle i yeah. um i will agree with you to the point that you say that you know you nobody can know everything and right. nobody can experience everything and so on so and the best teachers uh, are not always the best uh, performers or athletes or however, whatever you want to call it yeah. i will agree with you on that but i would say that I think you have an ethical obligation as a self-defense instructor to do to not, you know, teach stuff that gets your students injured or hurt or worse. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to look at yourself in the mirror at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, you should be able to do that if you if you're right, a yeah. person. You know, yeah. you you care about this stuff. If you're if you're uh, some sort of uh, I don't know. Some uh, can I can I swear in this podcast? A hundred percent, you can. Okay. Yeah, you can be some 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 asshole who uh, uh, only cares about making money and right. uh, oh, ripping yeah. people off. There's too many of those guys in the industry already. Um, <laughs> so if if you mean well, if you yeah. want to be a good instructor and not yep. just a rich one, but but a good yeah. one, yeah, then you, in my opinion, have an ethical obligation to get out of your comfort zone, right. work as a bouncer if need be. Yeah. Um, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say go beat up your you know people randomly obviously <laughs> staying ethical but yeah. get experience with violence sure and then at the very least you know better what you're talking about than if you haven't agreed all right that's time I'm gonna do a quick closing statement just to finish this off then we'll do the patreon stuff and we'll be good to go so really quick closing statement because time is already over is I I don't for the debate and I really don't know my stance on this in real life for the debate I think that if you Ethically speaking, if you put as much time into research, study, and analyzation of violence, I think that works the same as having actual experience in violence. I think for this debate <laughs> that there is no real need to have 
uh, real life experience because all the lessons that you learn personally are good for you and for self-defense. Having real life experience is important, but for transmission of information, it is not quite as necessary as I think people say it is. So that is the end of the debate. Wim, that was super fun. You beat the crap out of me with these today. That was Dude, that, this is so hard. I mean, I'm hard? used to people <laughs> like having this. I, I'm pretty much nuanced on everything, so I don't believe in black and whites when it comes to this either. kind of stuff. And yeah. and forcing myself to 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 have this really radical dogmatic position because I was like, no, no, Wim, you're feeding him stuff. No, yeah. that's the wrong side <laughs> of the argument. <laughs> Awesome. So we're going to keep this up on final thoughts. Uh, but again, that's a point of the show, right? So Wim, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you? Yeah. So if you look up my name, Wim Demere, so W-I-M is my first name. Demere is D-E-M-E-R-E. Look that up on, on any search engine that you like and you'll find me. But best place is uh, my blog, wimsblog.com. Yeah. I've been doing that for for um, quick 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 announcement this October, if I'm not mistaken. I'll be I'll have been blogging for 20 years. Holy, that's crazy! Yeah, I actually so, I, I highly recommend Wim's blog. I used Wim's blog to prepare for my debate with Eli Knight on ground fighting. Actually, ooh, nice. yeah. So we went over the one with the study, the 90% study. I think that was on your blog where we're going over all the fallacies of that 90% of fights go to the ground. It was from your blog ooh. that I started it. So thank you so much for writing the blog. It's, it's awesome. It's it's not it's not been for nothing. No, for sure not. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, if people want to get in touch, easiest way is go to my Facebook page. Uh, that, that's the best way because uh, 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 don't hit me up on Twitter. I hate Twitter and Instagram for communication. It it, it just it's just sucks. It uh, my, my experience is it sucks blocky nuts uh, right. to just you know send messages that way. Just hit me up on on Facebook or my Facebook page. It's so much easier. Um, and that's it. And you obviously my Patreon. Uh, yep. Patreon.com forward slash Wim de Meerum. Truck load of stuff there. Cool. And we're also cross, cross promoting. So after we're done recording this yes. episode, I'm jumping on Wim's podcast. So if you want to Indeed. listen to more of me talking, because clearly you like it, you're in episode 16, you could hear more of it on the next episode. So we're going to end the free episode here, everybody. Don't forget, we're jumping over to Final Thoughts on Patreon, $5 level, patreon.com slash Randy King Live. We're going to talk about because me and Wim, I think, both have nuanced positions. And while I love the debate format, the final thoughts are my favorite part because then we go like, oh, that was crazy. I wanted to say this, etc. So, uh, Join us there. And if not, if you don't want to join us on Patreon, totally fine. Don't forget to share the hell out of this. And thank you so much for listening to the Randy King Line Podcast, episode 16.